on this episode of Content is for Closure, we have a very special episode. I'm wearing my Sun's Out, Guns Out uh, shirt. If you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing out. It. And uh, the reason for all of that is where my dream team hat on. The reason for that is that Carlton and I just got back from the Mid-America Trucking Show in Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to tell you everything we saw, everything we heard, some some crazy things we saw and heard, and uh, most importantly, the, the the takeaways that we learned. Let's get into it. Put that content down. Content. The clothes is on. What's your name? Content. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. Content is for closers. All right, we're recording. Carlton, thank you for surviving the, the journey to Louisville with me. Thank you for going. I mean, talking about surviving, Adam, you were the one that survived. The Adams was like on death's doorstep with a sinus infection. (laughs) We actually, full disclosure, we recorded an episode in Louisville, at Louisville, whatever that city is called. Louisville. Uh, And it was a bad week for me all around. We'll get into some details of it, but I had, I had just, nothing worked out for me and including the fact that I was pretty sick. And Carlton took one glance at the video and was like, oh yeah, we can't use this. He looked horrendous. So I'm wearing this I instead. think the content was good. It was just your, <laughs> you know, people would have uh, written in and, and just stopped the video out of concern for your health. Yeah. So yeah, it was a rough, rough look, but we did, we did make it. So we were there for the mid America, mid American trucking uh, show, which is one of, if not the biggest trucking show, I think in the country. And some of the details, I think they said there were 50,000 truckers who had registered to come. There was, how many exhibitors do you think were there? I mean, yeah, I don't know the actual numbers, but if their booth things meant anything, there had to be a couple, a a few thousand. A few thousand. Yeah. I mean, that, that tracks with how big everything was. And the entire point of the show is to, to both provide like new solutions, new opportunities, new jobs, new products for truckers themselves. So it wasn't necessarily like a supply chain show broadly, but specific to trucking, it was, it's one of the biggest or, or the biggest show. We had a client there. And so we got media passes, which was great. Thank you to, to Mid-America Trucking so, so Show for allowing us to have those. And we're making, we were there for a couple of reasons. We were helping our clients, supporting our client, Oakley Trucking. Thank you again to all of them who, you know, allowed us to tag along. We also made and are making a short, I don't know what you'd call it, just a, just kind of a short YouTube video on the future of the driving experience. A vignette. A vignette. And had a lot of really great conversations with different companies in the space about that and around that. We'll talk about that. And, and, and then we were there just kind of observing and seeing what, what there was to see. So Carlton, maybe a couple, like just lay the context for the people, couple highlights contextually of what you saw, uh, last week. Yeah. F- first of all, I should have came prepared for this interview and, and wore my fake mullet. Because I have this all, it was, <laughs> it was the land of the mullets, man. Big time. Uh, yeah, there's like another acronym for mats. I feel like we could come up with something good. So yeah, it, it was it was a trucker show focused on truckers specific at the show. Sorry, there you go. Mullet at the show. That's it. Continue. That's it right there. Mullets at the show. <laughs> nice and simple. We we basically in talking to people figured out that well the trucking industry 
in and of itself has a lot of hardware components to it because you're you're driving a truck, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, increasingly there's a lot more software components. So you you go by these booths and sometimes the services were obvious, you know, what they did, whether it was, you know, they got the grill for the truck and this is a booth that specializes in grill grills or, you know, you could see some screens up and 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 it was kind of clear from other booths that they were technology booths or that right. they had something to do with services specific to the driver industry. So yeah, as far as the entire show goes, there was a, a very, very large variety of different types of vendors there. And and as far as truckers go, I think what they were looking to get, a lot of them, you know, in talking to these different different people, there was the industries or the the companies that were looking to attract drivers. And then there were some there that were you know, you could tell solely looking to attract maybe the the company that would employ the driver. So maybe not necessarily owner operators, but, you know, companies like Oakley or like Norton. So, you know, you've got this huge mixed bag of different, different levels of the trucking industry and different, I guess you'd, you'd say different roles within that. And so it was super interesting for us to just be able to talk to these different people and really walk away getting pretty much a, a similar synopsis from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really that the trucking industry at large is going through a ton of change right now. Drivers have the leverage. They've got the the negotiating leverage because of the shortage right now. And so that that's a big concern that everyone is focused on is is finding drivers. But really what it represented the, the is workforce the, shortage to, to be clear. Yeah, the workforce yeah. for shorter. So drivers people trying to hire left and right. So within that though, I think we we kind of walked away thinking and understanding that there's a little bit of a gap between um, where technology is going and where where the trucking industry is going for drivers. And sometimes yeah. these drivers go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna a couple things. I think I think that front loading to what you to what you just said. It's the same problems, right? Because I think some people who might be listening to this who maybe are part of the industry are like, well, actually, we're, we're coming out of that shortage to the point where I think the spot markets are, are down right now. Trucking companies are having to take loads that they wouldn't have taken, you know, six, nine, 12, 18 months ago. So the market is sort of changing. But when it comes to the actual talent, the, the workforce, just like blue collar jobs all across America, truckers maybe more so and this has been the news this is not novel it to anyone but you know they they there is a huge shortage there and they can kind of dictate their own terms and it's this weird balancing act i, w- I want to get to the problems in a second where uh, just a few things about truckers if, you, if you're not familiar with truckers probably most of you are there's a few things that i think were, are unique about them that are n- worth noting so one first of all it is still considered very much a blue collar job right you can go into trucking with or without any type of really formal education. We met lots of truckers who had their, the, the height of their education was a GED or a high school diploma, and they're doing great. Like they're, they're making over $300,000, you know, they're taking home, whatever, 250 of that. They're making more money than they ever had before. So that's a unique thing I would say to trucking where they, the education level doesn't necessarily have to be as high as other industries to have that earning potential. And that earning potential is real. The other thing is that there is a, and this is from you, I learned this, Carlton, or noticed this, there's just a general mistrust because of what's gone on in the last 12 to 18 to 24 months in, in really just in, entirely across the country, but 
specifically as it, as it relates to truckers. And you could feel that I just, in conversations, in talking to both the vendors and the truckers, there's a, there's a sense of a little bit of a sense of mistrust on behalf of the truckers of like, I have to take care of myself. No one else is going to look out for me. And everyone's in fact out, probably out to get me. And the reason that they believe that all the other like geopolitical stuff aside is because of this sort of elephant in the room that's hanging out behind everyone's head that is driverless technology and driverless uh, uh, tr trucking, having driver, dr no drivers, right? Robot drivers, whatever. And funnily enough, funnily, I don't know if it's a word, funnel cakes enough, it that came out with, with a bunch of vendors who were like more, I don't, I, I'd be curious to get your take on that. But before we get into the fully in the problem, it's just laying the, the landscape for people. I thought there were some, some vendors there and some people who were just there as part of the, whatever, not truckers, part of the crowd who were a lot more light about that. Like, yeah, you know, we got to get these guys to work with us or to do this or blah, 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 at least until we can replace them with robots, you know? And like, that was like a pretty common refrain. And it's like, well, no wonder they hate you, you know, <laughs> because yeah. that, that there's like a divide. Did you notice that? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely like, like it, it almost feels when you're there like a class divide yeah um but really it's just lifestyle right it's it's right. a difference in in what people have as their ideals i think from from the technology perspective a lot of a lot of these drivers or some of the drivers view the technology that they have to that they have to do as a burden it's mm -hmm. like oh i've got to do that thing and i've got to do this thing and i've got to have this app and that app i think a lot of them gladly will adopt technology that helps them but I think the most recent changes in, in the driving industry, for the most part, have been things that have limited or hindered what they can do mm. instead of enabling them. So give us an, give us an example from, from something you saw. Yeah. So like, like example with their logs, that's, that's been something that's not super recent, but you've got basically these computers inside trucks now that are, are monitoring everything. And those logs will you know, they, they physically can't drive their truck longer than a certain amount of time before, you know, they, it's registered. Um, so, th you know, that's one aspect of it. And I think the other aspect of it is that you have, um, you've got different companies that are trying to get their foot in the door with their technology and trying to optimize things for them. And the trucker is just one part of that. And so one thing that I kept looking for was, which companies or how are companies trying to bring those different things together, mm. those different pieces of technology to actually make it easier on the driver instead of one more thing that the driver has to keep track of or one more app that they have to download. And, and, and to be honest, I mean, we didn't talk to every single person there, but I didn't see as much of that as I thought. I, I saw a what, lot what of- What you're talking about there is like, it, to relate it to technology is like the, who's building the APIs or, or, or right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 Who's building the connections so that things will work together seamlessly? Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's, I think you see it a lot in different industries. It's not only the trucking vertical, but you see it where people will try. Yeah, it's, it's, it's silos. They try to build it all. They try to, mm -hmm. you know, basically have their own ecosystem with everything in it. And, and so I think it'll be interesting to see where things go as far as data being shared, as far as platforms working, you know, with each other in a way that helps not just the the driver but also the companies that are deploying the technology 
Yeah. Okay. So just to recap, I think we laid out a few problems, four problems there. The first is kind of general jet driver mistrust. And I think three, totally three problems maybe, because that goes along with, there's a view of drivers as commodity by, by the other side. I'm, these are not right or wrong. I'm just stating what we saw. The second is like you just mentioned, like a lot of, there's a lot of investment being poured into this, obviously. Um, but they're all, everyone's fighting their own battle independently. And there doesn't seem to be a ton of cross collaboration. And of course, this is our view from the trade show floor, right? Like we're not, we're not privy to what's going on behind doors, but that's what it seems like. And the next one I would say is there seems to be a lot of short term thinking when it comes to like driver engagement and whatever we offer of value we can give to two drivers. What I mean by that is this, we were there with, with Oakley trucking who is the antithesis of this and who just in standing there and, and seeing the conversations they were having, the fact that it seemed so not novel to these drivers that Oakley has had people with them who have been there for 10 or 15 years and who have been taken care of by the company. And like drivers were blown away by that, but we kept meeting driver after driver who had ex actually experienced that. And to me, it was like, I wonder why that is. Cause they, you know, they do it there. And then we walked around and there's even a part of the trade show floor called the shark tank. And or, or that's what everyone refers to it as. And it's just like, you know, if you've watched like a Wall Street movie or something like that, and, you know, there's like a trading floor and everyone's just yelling and blah, blah, blah. That's kind of the feel you get, but like on a trucker trade show. All right. So got, everyone's just walking through and people are just like hitting them upside the head with, hey, come, come drive for this rate per mile. Hey, come, you know, not even pretending to like have a value offer necessarily like Oakley did. So Oakley had a whole setup and, and did really well, but I'm talking about these other groups that it was just like, here's our table, here's our card. You know, do you want to sign up or not? And both from the driver's point of view of like just being bombarded with all these messages and I guess opportunities, but also from like the people who like people were accepting those opportunities and, and taking those jobs and et cetera. And it's like, man, that just seems like such short-term thinking by both sides, instead of investing in maybe like a knowledge base or in things to help these folks over the next 15 years, if there is a, a transition in the workforce, it wasn't none of that. It was like, where can I get the 15 cents per mile more? And that just struck me because it was so different than I think some of the other industries that we'd that we've uh, yeah so it's an interesting thread to pull on there yeah. because talking to some people you get the sense that loyalty is everything like some of these truckers that you talk to it's like they are only going to drive for that one company and that's you could almost put them in their own category yeah. um as far as owner operators go i think you know you've got people that that you know they're an owner operator and they're they're on the other side of the spectrum where they are just going to move you know move companies for the 15 cent increase or whatever it is mm -hmm. and 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 you're talking about that commoditization element. It's a, it's almost like some of these truckers, they want to see as many options as they can to be able to pick the best one. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we're, what we're talking about is when you're trying to attract drivers to actually stick with your company from the company's perspective, you need to do things that are more than just commoditizing them. Mm -hmm. You need to build the relationship and make it so that there is shared trust there and shared experiences around a knowledge base, like you were saying, Adam, or or something similar to that. Whether that's uh, a company party or 
you know, there could be a, a bunch of different I mean, I mean content. Content's yeah, content of that, right? Like, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to continue. This is not like a paid for by Oakley, but they just do it so well that I feel like I need to reference them. But, you know, we, we saw, so Oakley Trucking, customer of ours, produces the Oakley Trucking podcast. That is, that is a podcast targeted to 800 people, the 800 owner operators who work for Oakley. And first of all, we know the numbers. So we know a lot, a lot more people are listening to it than their intended audience. But also we kept seeing different people who would just walk up, who have never worked with Oakley or some who weren't drivers, but who listened to the show and were like, wow, you all do something different here. Or you all really have changed the way I think about XYZ in my business. Or, you know, we met the one family who they, they rent a truck, I think, but the father and daughter and wife were there and they just wanted to say, Hey, to Jeremy, cause like it's part of their, their almost like, you know, regular content diet. And I think that, that, that's a cool example of very long-term thinking, but that was the minority for, for the most part. Yeah. It, I think we saw three podcast setups. Right over there, there are people that were doing it at the show. I'm sure more people than just that have it, but you know, as far as running it live at the event, because it's a perfect opportunity to meet up with people that are already in your space, industry leaders with a lot of expertise. And I think what you said earlier was good, Adam. We're not necessarily trucking and logistics experts. Yeah, uh, this is just our marketing lens, kind of being applied just to observing. Yeah, yeah, over a three day three day span and kind of observing what what we notice. Okay, so let's flip. I think those are that's a good synopsis of the problems: mistrust, siloed solutions, a lot of you know short-term thinking when it comes to the driver experience. What are some of the solutions that either you saw or just like were interesting to you as we as we walked away from it, or interesting to think about? Yeah, I, I think as far as technology goes, because that's where my head mainly was, was just looking at you know what are the opportunities here. What are the biggest problems here? I, I do think like driver monitoring and driver, I guess it's like truck and driver monitoring, road monitoring, but that whole idea of having a camera on cameras on the truck or cameras in the cab to kind of keep track of everything is really interesting, mm -hmm. you know, because you've got these computers that are inside the, the truck engine and those are saying some of the, you know, they're connected to the engine. They're connected to the, basically to the road saying what's happening there. But then adding another layer on top of it that's like this camera on the road and camera in the cab, it, it seems a little bit big brother-ish, right? So I was just kind of curious to see how different companies were trying to, you know, put their own spin on that. And one of the companies we talked to basically used that to gamify and to, to make things a little bit more of a, of a carrot, as they say, instead of a stick and try to entice these drivers to, to have improve driving, not just have better driving, but also do, you know, basically some of the things that would, would make, would help their company, but also help the driver improve. And so there's this green zone score and they could get in that green zone score if they had so many miles that were, you know, incident free. And so it just incentivized them to be better drivers. So I thought that was interesting from a technology perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you, Adam? what do you think? Yeah, well, just on that, I think that was Net Netrodine. I mispronounced them before, but was that the, what they were called? Yeah, Netrodine. Netrodine, yeah. I think the other thing that I really liked about them was, it's another great example of the really long-term focus. They, they have a whole portal of educational content where they're trying to actually improve the driver as a driver 
not necessarily just as a, you know, meat body that, <laughs> that will soon be replaced by a robot. So I, yeah, that's a good example. One that I think we saw that being in full transparency, neither of us was like impressed at the actual booth, but the idea I think is interesting. So we saw this one company, I don't know what they're called. I wouldn't, I wouldn't after that in, intro, I wouldn't say it anyways, but it was some type of virtual reality training company. And they, the idea behind it was they were using the, um, what's it called? Headset. Yeah. VR yeah. headset. VR headset. In order to, so theirs was remedial, but so like if a driver had done something wrong or had a mark against them, then, you know, you could come replicate that scenario using the the VR goggles and try to help them, how to try to train them to do better next time. I thought that was cool. I thought even better is like putting drivers into like flight simulator school. You know, if you're going through the, the process and, and you maybe have driven some or have are about to start driving, putting them into some of the scenarios that they are just going to face, particularly like by region, you know, with the trucking companies that we work with, their drivers tend to have a similar route or routes that they stick with. So like, if you know, you're going to be going over the Rockies, okay, well that, that sets a certain set of challenges. If you know, you're going to be in the yeah. Northeast during the winter, snow, yeah, yeah. Hurricane, like whatever it is, heavy wind, like you're going to deal with a certain set of circumstances by your geography. Um, so anyway, they weren't doing that, but that just, that's just where my head went of like very personalized, very specific training because the VR stuff was really, really cool. And I think it could be applied to, again, help proactively give and, and fill up the driver as opposed to just like the, the short-term thinking. But I thought, I thought that was, um, one. And then the other one, I, and we did an interview with, with a group, I don't know if you have the name there, but. The other one that just really stuck out to me, and this is just like a problem. I know this is a much bigger problem than anything we can solve. Definitely on a podcast, <laughs> but with content, just, yeah, just with content. But the, 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 the problem of driver health and the huge opportunity for technology solutions there, when we talk about driver experience, like they are human beings who are sitting for 10, 12, 14 hours a day, the average uh, age we were told this week the average lifespan of a driver is 57 that's insane so i i understood that as the actual lifespan do you think that that was the career span now that would be crazy because that would be way longer than any other career span i'm pretty sure that okay. like you know gen, you know biological yeah i mean i couldn't i know he said 57 but i was like like oh my word that's insane if that's the case yeah but i would almost believe it with some of the things that we saw. So, yeah, yeah. It was really sad to see and, and, and not, not, not by no fault of the driver, right? Like you and I were in that arena for three days. We weren't even in a truck the entire time. And we made the worst food choices because, <laughs> because of where we were. I came home feeling terrible. So I think, you know, there's a lot of education that needs to go on there. I wish there was some enablement, some health enablement, like simple uh, truckers driver specific workout apps and workout videos that can help them use the equipment that is around them organically <clears throat> to to make better decisions or to be able to get their heart rate up or you know I, i'm talking about it in a very rudimentary way but that that was like something that like slapped me in the face 
Yeah, I it it was the one uh company called Trucky Truck Healthy Trucking. Okay. I think yeah. that was what it was called Trucky Healthing. Um <laughs> Healthy Trucking and they were a nonprofit and they're working with the CDC and I think it was interesting to see some of their initiatives because they're literally, they're literally giving out, giving away tons of resources and tests and different things. But I think for, for that particular agency, it goes back to that trust thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's this layer of mistrust for certain agencies or certain. Yeah. Government entity. I mean, specifically with the trucker audience. Yeah. It's. So, you know, I think, I think that's a problem to be solved. And like you said, it's not just like, we can't just solve it with content, but I think content can play a role in informing mm-hmm. them. I did, we did see the uh, yoga, uh, there's like two yoga. Oh yeah, you're right. I yeah, I forgot about that one. So there was some there, but I think that's a big, it, right. It's an opportunity until it's a solved problem. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's a, it's a space that could definitely use a lot of attention. I think for for us being involved with Dynamo and some of these other companies in the trucking space or in the logistics space where we get to see some of the advanced, you know, kind of like the future of trucking, future yeah. of supply chain. I think we're exposed to some some solutions that are pretty far in advance, but there's this gap between maybe the next 5 and 10 years where there's definitely going to still be a person in the truck and they're definitely going to still have some of the challenges that we're dealing with today. Mm-hmm. Um where I think it's valid for for companies to be solving for those too. And we saw a lot of that at the trucking show. It's just hard to know how many of these how many of these companies are supported just by the driver themselves, this owner operator, and how many can that how many companies can this owner operator afford to pay? And if if there are choices between, you know, leveraging a couple more, you know, getting a little bit more money out of whatever route they're taking versus spending a bunch of money on a health solution, they're probably going to take yeah, that right. money. So it's just something to think about where, how, how can you integrate that problem with another solution that, that maybe solved multiple problems at once? Yeah. I would say maybe moving from those solutions to maybe some broader takeaways. I think what you just were talking about is, is probably the first one for me is that Yes, we don't have all the looks under the veil, but if you just take the temperature of what we just saw, we saw over a thousand exhibitors. I think it's very safe to say we saw 50,000 plus attendees. You just take the temperature of the, the room. It felt the driver experience. Now I'm not on the entire industry, but the driver experience feels super antiquated. Like, I think that's just fair to say there's, there's plenty of room for innovation and plenty of room for where content can play a role in enabling these people. That's just a broad thing that, that I think is true. The second thing I'd say is that I think most of the problems and solutions that we're kind of talking about now can also be extrapolated. Like I'm thinking of some of our listeners who aren't in the trucking business, but do have blue collar or whatever you want to call it, sweaty startup type employees. And I think these are probably a similar problem set for, why are you laughing at me? What? I just, the sweaty startup, unless you know the sweaty startup guy, it probably just sounds like an insult. Oh, okay. Sweaty startup just means that you are doing something that's, you know, you're not yeah. sitting at a computer all day. Hard work. Yeah. Sully knows. I'm thinking of Sully. So like, he knows what yeah, I'm talking okay. about. These are the same problem sets across those, those industries. I think like the difference is, and this is why trucking is so intriguing. And this is like my, my opportunistic sense now 
is that not all of those industries are people pulling down to 70, 300,000, you know what I mean? So like, this is this unique area where the driver experience, they have capital to spend on, especially on like, like what, what do people do just across human nature? When you start to make money, what do you do with that money? Like, what are some of the, you just Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like you, you solve for what you need. And then as your needs change, you, you change with them. So I think that that is a huge, huge, huge market opportunity to just help drivers sort of nudge their way up Maslow's hierarchy. And I mean that in the most positive way. That probably sounds super capitalistic, but I just mean that in the most positive way of like making their lives better so that they're not making $300,000, but eating, you know, sodium and plastic until they pass away in their mid fifties. Like that just is crazy to me. Yeah. I think the other, another takeaway is that the, speaking back to the trust element, there's, I think there's uh, a certain amount of money or advertising that gets put into trying to like almost like whitewash some of the, um, some of the negatives of, of some of these programs or some of these companies. Mm. And I think a lot of truckers see right through that. Like, like, you try to make it look pretty or try to do something. So it doesn't seem so much like big brother, you know, watching your, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just be you know, transparent. Like, you're saying. Yeah. And so and I think there's something to be said for being transparent. And I love yeah. uh, what uh, Nextradine said or Netradine said about this, because until you give them the ability to see the exact same data that that company sees that that trucking business sees, and, and until you give them the opportunity to make comments or to give feedback on that, then you don't have the trust. Yeah. I think that those things go hand in hand. So it's interesting to see like, how can, how can you take an industry that has some of those, those leanings towards, or, or tend to be less technological, tech, technologically inclined and give them the resources and give them the opportunities to use that technology, but in a transparent way. And, and not make it just so it's like, well, this is happening, you know, above your head or over your head, but this is something that if you can help us with, or if you can partake in, or if you can participate in, then it will help us both. Yeah. I think that totally speaks to the commoditization again, right? Like, oh, these drivers are just like, they'll just do what we think. And I mean, yeah. And it's just like a completely misunderstanding of your audiences. Totally agree with you. So I think that's my big, my big takeaway. Hopefully that's not too uh, abstract, but it's, it's definitely something you could experience and see when you were, when you were there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all in all really enjoyed the the trip, enjoyed the conference. I think uh, it's something that we'll probably end up doing again and again, just because we learned so much, we were able to make some great connections. One story maybe to wrap, wrap up this. <laughs> the highlight of Adam's trip. No, it was terrible. I've already told you I was very, I was, I was kind of sick. I was trying to, you know, tough through it or whatever. We're driving down to dinner, Carlton and I, and I have, I'm we're driving in my vehicle and I, 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 Carlton would say I'm probably like a little bit obsessive, but I am like pretty particular when it comes to, to my vehicle. So like if there's a chance to park further and have no one be close yeah. to me so that I don't, we're literally walking for like 30 minutes because <laughs> I'm going to park within a mile of a car, another car. Listen, we're going to go into a restaurant. He's like, no, just not, we can't, it's just. <laughs> Have to park too close to there. I was looking out for our health per our trucking conversation we just had. But anyway, I am particular about it. And I think maybe that maybe that's what it was. It's just like idolatry that was being punished. But yeah. we're driving down 
towards downtown. And I see this man like gesturing on the side of the road and we passed him. And then all of a sudden I heard like a huge boom and Carlton's like, whoa, that guy just threw something at us. And I was like, what? I pull over. This man had thrown some type of, we still don't know what it was, like a cement. Yeah, the jury's out on this one. Mud ball of some kind. That that sand residue on the side of your truck and it was lightly scratched. Yeah. Like, like it was soft enough that I saw something kind of explode. Oh, right. You saw it out of my mirror. And also like it didn't, it didn't like dent the, the, the truck, like a rock, whatever, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, I was obsessed with it. I, I checked that spot probably 10 times that evening and the next day. Did get it home, did get it cleaned up. For the most part, it's gone. There's some remaining scratches that I'm, I'll never be happy about. But but that was our welcome to Louisville. So if anyone from Louisville is listening, I hope you go out of your way to make this right in the future. Like we need to be, this needs to be justified and rectified. You can take us out to dinner. You could do something to to make this right in the future. But I would say that is the one thing I will definitely take away in addition to all the great conversations and connections that we had. But um. Yeah, it was a really good trip. Yeah, if anybody has any suggestions about what they think that could have been, send them residue, <laughs> but it was soft enough, but it, it was loud it enough going that around. it had to be have some mass to it. We it was super like, loud, but it was gone. Equation. You didn't see anything on the ground, right? No, there was nothing. No. Like I was, yeah. I, that's my first thought was like, oh, there's got to be some like a, a thing bouncing down the road, like you checked, you know ice ball or something and it was what in the 40s so it couldn't have been no. and there was no snow anywhere yeah it, it could have been snow. anyway it's a mystery but with that carlton thank you for spending your time with us up there in louisville thanks for all the work that you did and hopefully hopefully this will be helpful we we should say we're also working on that video about the the future of the driving experience and that's going to be pretty cool we have some companies like we talked about like netrodine we have a bunch of other companies that are going to be featured in it and, and so that'll be coming in the next month or so. We'll obviously push that out. But yeah, anything else before we take off? I think that's it. All right, we'll catch you guys next week. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Content is for Closers. We hope you find this show really helpful as you grow your business with content. Maybe you know of other people who would find this show helpful as well. How about you send them our way? If you didn't like this show and you want to tell us that, then you can head over to contentisforclosers.com where you can send us a message, give us some feedback, ask questions, or find detailed notes for every episode. Until next time, keep creating and keep closing. Keep closing.